All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're recording episode number 64 tonight, uh, Tuesday evening for the Wednesday, October 19th episode. Uh, we're going to be discussing a little bit of uh, McCaffrey and Akers news and then getting ourselves into a little bit of week seven prep. But before we get started, we're down to just two tonight. Uh, Zach is away with some family stuff. He's got uh, his is it sister's birthday, I think, today or something like that. So they're having some family supper and whatnot this evening. So just down to myself and Armin, just back to our episode number one and two days. So, <laughs> Armin, uh, what's going on? Big W for the for the football squad last week, I saw for sure. And some playoff football action coming up here maybe. But uh, what else can you tell everybody about that's been keeping you busy? Oh, yeah. Football, man. Like we squeaked into the playoffs. It was if we lose, we end up out of the playoffs. If we win, we move up into fifth place, which actually would be the second last playoff spot. So it's pretty wild. And we ended up winning by one point on the most Canadian way to win a football <laughs> game ever. We won off a of rouge. And holy, was that exciting. I've never been so excited over a single punt in my life. But um, we almost lost the game, too. Or we almost didn't get it on the Rouge there. We uh, we ended up not having enough guys on the field. And we called a timeout just before the ball was snapped. And our punter still went through the motion of uh, kicking it. And he kicked it five yards short of the end zone. And we were like, oh, my God, like, is this actually going to work? And then on the actual play that uh, didn't get blown dead. We, uh, we punted it through perfect spot, just out the sideline after crossing over the, uh, the goal line. So there you go. There you yeah. go. Big w. Yeah. Big W. And then fantasy wise, I, this, I ended up having a perfect storm this week. Um, this is the first time where I won in every single league, except one that I'm in this week. So that's six leagues. I won five out of six. I've, I'm usually, you know, because you have different players, I'm usually max for four of my teams win in one week. And yeah, this week it was five out of six. And uh, Wasn't the one that I lost in is a best ball league, and I'm just injury riddled right now. And that was the one that you were undefeated in too. So that sucks that that's the one that you happened to lose in. I know, I know. I was bound to happen. And, you know, like I have here, just so you folks at home can feel my pain here, how decimated my team is. And I don't even know if I'll win a single game for the rest of the year because of how injury riddled I am right now. On my IR, I have Gionavi Bernard, Elijah Mitchell, Cordero Patterson, Rashard Penny, Damian Williams, Tim Patrick, and now soon to be on IR, Hollywood Brown. <laughs> I am decimated. And I also had Devontae Adams on a bye week, and who knows what's going to happen to that suspension. So it's, uh, it's starting to look pretty thin. I was hoping to make a trade to be a be a contender this year and i'm starting to think maybe i should be trading to rebuild here now well yeah quite a few of those players are season enders too so that's that's t- i mean if they're coming back whatever you're five and one you make playoffs you're fine but i think yeah. six, six of those seven are season enders <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah. tough look 
Yeah. Well, I'm still contending, so maybe have to. I was gonna be the seller for you to let you contend, but now maybe I'll be the buyer, so I can contend. (laughs) I got an aging Derrick Henry. If you want him, he's the only player I got left. Yeah, Derrick Henry and Adams coming on the roster quick. Yeah. And then uh, Lamar Jackson too, but we'll (laughs) just just take the whole farm. We'll just co-manage two teams, Armin. That's what we'll do. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, unreal. Um. For me, fantasy, man, it's been kind of a weird fantasy season, but our one league, like I, the one I consider my home league, that's the one that I'm the commission for us. It's all, we're all together in a dynasty league, all four parts of us that are on the podcast. Um, I had another nail biter and both teams, we had guys playing in the Sunday night was our last game. We had nobody Monday nighter. And I ended up winning by, I think it was three points, but I was behind by 26 points or something like that. And he still had, um, goddard to play and i had aj brown and cd so i was feeling the feeling the nerves a little bit there and ended up coming through in a big way and pulling up another dub so five and one in that league it's been a lot of fun and but every i know i played every single week i've either played the number one or number two point getter like behind myself like i'm five and one so most i think i'm the i've been the number one point getter every week been the top three every week for sure i've been a number one number one 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 three and two I think is something like that how it works out but this past week same thing again I was the number one and I beat the number two point getter the previous weeks has been the plumber two or the number three it's been wild so it's been some even though I'm putting up some big points it's been nail biters it's just happening yeah you have the third most points against in that league and, and you're, you're welcome for that close one this week because uh I, I made a deal with the guy that you were playing and just so happened I, I didn't even realize you were playing him so sorry Jordan that uh it made it a nail biter, but still came with the win. That it's so I'm I'm the number one point getter by I think 175 points, but then I'm the number three points again. So I guess just yeah, but still five and one. So I can't be complaining too much, but it makes it a little more exciting on those <laughs> Sunday evenings or Monday evenings when you're coming down the last player. But talking yeah. about exciting, one little thing I'll add to I got to share it on Facebook this past weekend, which was real awesome news. But uh, my wife and I are officially announcing everybody that we're we're expecting and. We'll oh yeah baby carrier coming april 28th is the due date so we'll be be excited we'll be adding another 306 fantasy football member there i know armin's got the uh what was it the little uh sleeper the nighty he had a 306 for for griff we'll have to make yeah. that one get one for baby carrier tbb so that's well, the, that's uh, the well we baby clothes don't get worn very often i can just give it to you because <laughs> i think uh baby number two will be growing out of it by the time your baby comes yeah it's been, it was tough to keep that one to the chest there. And it was obviously a lot of excitement following the big day and everything. So now it's, uh, now we're on to the, the next big exciting chapter. So that one will be TBD and some exciting news coming soon. So uh, I guess the intro is right a little long this one, but that's all right. With just the two of us there, we got a little extra free time. So a um, couple of things before we get into the quick question. So I think finally I should knock on some wood. We might be out of the terrible Thursday nighters here. We've, but Arizona playing uh, New Orleans this upcoming Thursday. Hopefully it's a little better than the last couple of Thursdays we have. We keep saying it's the worst Thursday night ever. And then we also get another worst Thursday night ever. At least this past Thursday, we at least got a touchdown. But man, that was that was awfully stinky. But the only thing worse than that Thursday nighter was if you're a Saquon Barkley owner. I was watching that game and Saquon had himself a pretty good little night. And he looks like he's battling a bit of a shoulder, shoulder thing. is bugging him out a little bit. But with uh, the final drive, which was wild, that the Jets or the, sorry, the Giants actually upset uh, 
Baltimore. My brother's a big time uh, Giants fan. So he's been texting me like crazy. He's just super pumped to be a Giants fan right now, which is difficult from years previous, that's for sure. But Saquon gets out to the edge, easy touchdown. He takes a knee on the one just to cement the game so they can beat Baltimore. So I was just like, oh yeah, more points from Saquon. Let's go. And he took a knee on the one. Just just a gut-wrenching moment. <laughs> but it's, it worked out still. But I mean, there's a, probably a lot. I think it, if you would have had that, it would hit the over. So for a lot of people betting, that was a, a dagger. And then obviously if you're a Saquon manager, there's lots of Saquon managers that probably lost by a couple points. And that would have been the, the nail in the coffin. That maybe got you over the hump. So I, that's a tough way to start the week because that was an early morning one. Uh, or not early morning, but like the Monday slate to the Sunday and on tilt a little bit going into your Sunday afternoon games. But that's a, that's a tough start. Uh, 22 fresh. Quick question of the week here for week number seven. Uh, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, sorry, this is a tough segment for us to be talking about too. But there's a little bit of rumors going around that Christian McCaffrey might be uh, – packing up his bags and moving on to a new location. I know they've been fielding uh, questions and, and trade talks from other teams. So our quick question of the week is, if you as a fantasy manager are an owner of Christian McCaffrey, where would you like to see him land? Or I guess just not traded whatsoever. Um, I mean, I imagine you would like to see him move somewhere else, but where's that perfect landing spot that's going to make him just unreal fantasy value? Maybe we'll let you start this one there, Armand. Oh, hey, well, I, I put down as a joke uh, Giants because I have no shares of CMC or Barkley, so it'd be nice to see them on the same team and just cannibalize each other. Um, but in all seriousness, um, for him to do well, I narrowed it down to five teams, and I picked one that I think would be the best fit for him. Um, those five teams that I narrowed it down to were Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City, the LA Rams, and San Francisco. Um, I think any of those ones would be great landing spots for him considering their backfield situations and the offenses and also that those are teams that would want to compete now. Um, but um, my top choice for him is the Rams. I think um, they have the biggest need at the position. Um, um, the second best option would have been um, San Fran, which they, they always seem to be able to run their running backs no matter who's in the backfield. I don't think they really care if it's CMC, whereas the Rams would uh, utilize that talent a little bit more and really um, build that offense around him a little bit more. Um, you saw them do that with Todd Gurley. Um, they're able to, to adapt. McVay usually is able to adjust to his personnel well. Um, we haven't seen that with uh, Allen Robinson yet, but like you saw Matthew Stafford come in and the offense changed a little bit, right? Yeah. McCaffrey comes in, the offense is going to change a little bit. And I think that offense needs a huge boost. It's an offense that should be good, but isn't. Um, if McCaffrey comes in, that could really boost that offense and take them to where they're supposed to be at. I, yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely spot just because of how the Rams operate. I don't know how they'll do it with uh, salary cap. They always figure out a way, but. That's yeah. the draft. So, you know, they're historically, you know, seeing what they've done, this give, give draft picks away. They don't care. It's, it's all about the now. So, yeah, it's a team that I think could likely make it. And they, there's a definitely a need for it. And now, with the Acres news, maybe that's the, you know, the likely swap the Acres for McCaffrey. Obviously, some picks or money involved in there. He can make it happen. But I think, I think these two are a great fit. And I was kind of thinking the same as you. The, the first one that came to mind was Buffalo. 
just because of how bad the Buffalo run game is. But I don't know if that's necessarily the best for McCaffrey. I mean, he would be the guy. But because of how mobile Josh Allen is, I don't know if he's going to get those checkdowns. Um, and but the likelihood of him getting there is, is actually pretty small. Obviously, they got brought James Cook in to be the pass catching back, and then they've been running Singletary, um, which neither of them have been relatively useful. Just because, like I said, Josh Allen, you see him hurdle. Uh, who was it? He hurdled <laughs> there in that like in that uh, late slate game. Like it was, he's so incredibly mobile. He's probably going to end up being the QB one again for three straight years. Um, so I don't necessarily if that's the best fit. Um, like, I think he would be the guy, uh, He, but I don't know how much you'd get in the third down. The one I really, really liked was Kansas City. But, like, for, for McCaffrey himself, period, I think Kansas City is the best landing spot. Um, but I think I'm, I'm hesitant in that one because I have a lot of tra- uh, Travis Kelsey uh, stock. I think <laughs> that would really limit Travis Kelsey's ability because um, having McCaffrey uh, and a team like uh, Kansas City who does throw the ball to the running back quite a bit, um McCaffrey would soak up those targets not only would he be super efficient on the ground uh but he's also would soak up a lot of those swing routes a lot of those targets which is going to pull away from Kelsey and I have a lot of Kelsey stock so I think the best fit for him would be actually in Kansas City a team that's trying to figure it out with this running backs and it's kind of this three-headed monster um but uh it would it would suck if if you are a, a Kelsey owner, but for McCaffrey owners, it'd be like, holy man, you're on the best offense with the best, one of the best quarterbacks, a quarterback that likes to find the receipt or likes to find the running backs. It would be uh, yeah, that would be a slam dunk. That'd be border borderline, like a cheat code. It'd be, uh, it'd be unreal. Yeah, I, I agree. If you pluck him into that Kansas city offense, it'd be lights out right away. I just, uh, my hesitance there is that, yeah, Casey, they might not pull the trigger on and might not actually want them that badly. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of getting getting things done with the three-headed monster they've got. But could you imagine the creative things that, that Andy Reid could do in the red zone with Travis Kelsey oh. and with Christian McCaffrey while Mahomes is rolling out? Like, you could get real creative. It'd be, it'd be pretty oh. it just could be fun to watch. Like, yeah. red zone, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah, it'd be wild. It'd, it ah. Imagine like uh, McCaffrey taking a wildcat and then tossing it to Kelsey and oh, you could have that swing route where you have uh, McCaffrey on the swing and then that Kelsey bubble like bubbles underneath like he's blocking he bubbles underneath and the Mahomes does that shovel pass to get that would hit so often because you got to play so true to McCaffrey swinging out so they're gonna yeah. pull that linebacker out of the box and then he just does that little shovel pass to Kelsey underneath and he like it's. Yeah, it'd yeah. Be dangerous, but I just can't see it happening. But that would be man, it'd be so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you get the uh, insiders and headliners going, and then start getting some content or what? Oh yeah, let's get a rolling. All right, here we go. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So we've talked about a couple of them just in passing here. The first one was the Cam Akers, and then this, the second, obviously, was McCaffrey rumors that we've got in, de- in depth here. But Cam Akers coming off the injury has been, uh, for lack of better words, terrible this season. <laughs> Incredibly inefficient. Uh, has very, very minimal success so far. And now has a little bit of personnel issues in the locker room with the Rams and uh, actually didn't get on the plane for their uh, their most recent road match in Carolina. Um, so now the rumors are that they're going to figure out a way to move on from, from acres and give him a fresh start. 
I think it'd be hard for them to just straight outright cut him. I can't imagine that's going to happen. Uh, I imagine there's got to be some sort of suitors that would be interested in trying to give him a, uh, give Acres a, a fresh start. But um, that's something to monitor. Like we talked about this a little bit, Armin, on the weekend. That what are your thoughts on Acres, especially dynasty wise? Like he's a he's a young running back that was very promising, injured, and then came back and was still like, yeah, you know, I still got some juice in the playoffs. There didn't look too bad. Uh, so it's like, well, what do we do with them? Like he could go to a new team. He could be unreal. Um, there's obviously a little bit of issues here with personnel wise with him that Rams are just willing to move on from him. Uh, but is a talent there. It's been brutal this year, but there's still a little, a lot, a lot of intrigue <laughs> that we're talking about here that in dynasty, well, maybe he, maybe we could trade low on him and get a little meat on the bone there and might find some value, but it also could just be a straight outright bust. Like that's, that was kind of our discussion, I guess, that we were having. But yeah, maybe recap your thoughts here and just what you would be doing. Acres this season, it's a total bust, a wasted pick. Like it's yeah, it's highly likely that he's going to trade get traded to a team in week seven or eight, and then amalgamate himself into that offense and just be elite come playoff time. It's just pretty unlikely. Uh, but dynasty wise, what would be some of the the thought process for you? I think dynasty wise, worth to take a shot at him, but don't overpay for him. Like I'm thinking like a third, second round pick, you know, or maybe if you have an old receiver that or old running back or receiver that uh, only has a few years left, maybe try and get the value out of them and, and get acres or something. But um giving up a an asset that would be fantasy relevant for the next um five plus years i wouldn't do that um he's not worth that right now because um you don't know what's going to happen here he hasn't been looking good this season um he had issues off the field with them and that's why that it's looking like he's going to be moved or that they don't want him around anymore so really like unless he ends up with a juicy landing spot it's it's hard to trust him and and so that's why you buy buy low here and hope that uh hope that he gets a good landing spot but don't uh don't put a huge investment in him for an example here Here's i talked about making making a trade this weekend um i traded nick chubb and aj dillon and the guy wanted kenneth walker as well and he sent me etienne a first round pick and george pickens and he was going to send me acres and I looked at it and I said, I don't want to send you Kenneth Walker and I do not want acres. So um, this was before Kenneth Walker even got his full start here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the guy kind of, the guy took the deal, but he was kind of, you know, acres was kind of valued there for him. And for me, it's, it's not right. Like it's. So here's a question for you. acres or a second round draft pick um i think if it's an early second you got to keep it but uh i do a late second okay what about like uh acres or james connor that is a tough choice there jordan that's actually a good one because james connor 27 kind of on his way out got a lot of value for the next maybe season and a half acres could have some long value there's a lot of you know like intrigue around it yeah, I think I still leave James Conner just because there's a lot of immediate value, but it depends, I guess, on your situation, right? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the situation for that one. I think that one would be fair if you wanted to go for it. 
Yeah, a little bit of upside with Akers. He could it could plummet, but so could James Conner. He could, you know, yeah. uh, how he's been with the injuries, but yeah, he's um, injured again. So <laughs> yeah, uh, talk about other injuries. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be out for four to six weeks with a broken ring finger, so he's getting that taken care of. So in the meantime, we got Taylor Heineke time back again in Washington. <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting one now because we didn't really know which wide receiver to start with uh, with Carson Wentz. He was kind of a hit or miss between the three. Now, going back to Heineke, we talked a little bit about it. You know, him and McLaurin had a pretty good connection last year, but we haven't seen Heineke with these with these new weapons. So, once again, it's going to be kind of a hands-off situation, I think, for wide receivers in Washington for the time being until we kind of get proven otherwise. But um, not that Washington was somewhere we wanted to go jumping for, for fantasy value, <laughs> imagination, but something to definitely monitor this upcoming week. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they're the Monday nighter, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the schedule here, and I'm real slow on it. Uh, oh, what's going on here? My computer's glitching. Okay, well, I might have to uh, might have to check this one out here after. But I'm pretty sure the Monday – anyway, it's pretty irrelevant, but I'm pretty sure there's a Monday nighter. Uh, but going through a couple more injuries here, Hollywood Brown, we talked put Armin's for a roster there. Uh, Hollywood Brown looking like he's going to be out for the for the season with uh, with a foot injury again, same foot injury he had in college that kept him out for a long duration of time. So going out, so you, I mean, we all saw the Robbie Anderson outbreak on the sidelines during the Carolina and uh, uh, the Carolina and LA game. Uh, then Robbie Anderson was traded to Arizona uh, right after the week. So kind of uh, Robbie Anderson needed to go. Hollywood Brown's out. Uh, Arizona needs weapons. They got Hopkins back this upcoming week from suspension. So there's that, but now they also have Robbie Anderson coming in to try and help out Kyler Murray. Cause that offense is real bad, and I don't don't see it getting much better uh, until you know we see Hopkins back in action and and see what he's uh, he's got in the tank after after a six game suspension. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, that Robbie Anderson is interesting, and if Hopkins wasn't coming back, you would assume he profiles similar to Brown and being a speedy guy, right? Um, so he would take that spot right away, but uh, with Hopkins coming back um, and Murray having a better connection with him, and he did have a previous connection with Brown, right? That was the worry there, but now Anderson's coming in fresh. You got to think Hopkins is the number one guy here, and Anderson might even be behind uh, uh, Dortz or Dirt, Dortz. Dortz, yeah. Dortz, yeah. Well, so. even Rondell Moore had a decent little week. Um, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't groundbreaking fantasy points. But a lot of action evolved in and Ertz. I think he's got, I think it ends up being he's got at least 10 targets in, in every week except for one so far. So I mean that just you take on another weapon, you add a weapon, but you take another weapon, which means I think you can just expect the same same consistency from Zach Ertz. Uh him and Hopkins kind of play that underneath route a little bit though. Uh so it's gonna be interesting to see how Hopkins eats into Ertz a little bit here too. But uh, like I said, it might take a little bit to get DeAndre Hopkins uh back back into full NFL action and see what that offense is do because they need they need something in a worse way because to put up three points three offensive points against a really bad Seattle defense is mm-hmm. uh was incredibly frustrating and, uh, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit here but uh talking about frustrating the only thing I can imagine more frustrating than that is paying full price on something knowing you could have got a nice little discount and and we're talking about 22 fresh uh, they've got their fall collection already out. Some of the stuff's even on sale. Now we're getting pretty, uh, or so the summer stuff's on sale, sorry, fall stuff's out. And even some of the winter stuff they've been teasing a little bit. So 
Uh, you're going to want to get on the 22 fresh. And uh, like I said, you don't want to pay full price. You might as well get that 50% discount. And uh, the best way to do that is at checkout using the promo code 306FFB15 to receive 15% off on your checkout. Uh, our partnership of the podcast here with 22 Fresh is helping you, the listener at home, for sure. Uh, and saving 15% of some of the best merchandise you can get. It's comfy. It's affordable. And, uh, and now you're even getting it at a cheaper rate with 15% off. So don't forget to use the promo code on checkout, 306FFB15. And thank you very much to 22Fresh for being our major sponsor of the 2022 NFL Fantasy Season. Uh, weekly recap here, uh, continuing on as we go into our studs and duds. And uh, like we, we talked about, there's a few names we could add in here and an arm and throwing in, uh, throwing in one that's mm-hmm. very likely may never hear again. But uh, definitely a tip of the cap to somebody that was a, an awesome spot filler filler this week. Yeah, um, so my stud of the week is Dion Jackson. Jackson, I said that name weird there. Uh, 12 rushes for 42 yards and a TD, and then 10 catches for 79 yards. He got 23.1 half-point PPR points. Um, the reason, um, for, or there's a few reasons that I put him as my stud, even though they were better performances, like Jamar Chase and, and Diggs and guys in the wide receiver end of things is that um, first off, if you had the balls to play him, good on you. Like, congratulations. (laughs) You made a ballsy move, and it paid off big time this week. Secondly, seeing an RB from Indianapolis do well, um, when JT was struggling before he got injured there, um, shows you that they're starting to figure it out offensively. And Deion Jackson is not the talent that JT is. 100%. Like, nobody should be arguing with you that Deion Jackson is a better running back than JT. So that just tells you that, like, when JT comes back, hopefully this week, that you can start him with confidence again. And knowing that Indianapolis has hopefully figured it out and JT is good to roll now. And you're going to get the fantasy points you're expecting from him when you drafted him so i'm gonna first of all mention that uh washington does not play the monday nighter this week it's uh chicago and new england so maybe if zach was on the pod he'd he'd quickly correct us on that. <laughs> play on the monday nighter but uh i agree it was frustrating as a jt owner to see jackson put up this performance and the thing that maybe it's frustrating but it's also maybe a nice little tell is is the receiving work he got uh, mm-hmm. that's something that's gonna be a nice little tell for JT coming back off the injury. Uh, it is frustrating to see a random no-name wide receiver get this production that a incredibly talented first-round draft pick, um, like first-round fantasy draft pick, was incapable of doing so far. But um, I think hopefully JT comes back healthy and steps in this role, and we just keep talking about you know the the Colts running backs that keep <laughs> ending up in this Doug <laughs> session, and I would not be too upset with that, but. Talking about a player that's been in this uh, in this stud section before, and he's coming back for a second time. I think it's worth having the conversation. I wanted to talk about Diggs a little bit because I think he's flying under the radar as as arguably I think he is the fantasy wide receiver number one on the season. Yes, he is. If it's not him, it's Cup. But but it'd be definitely close. But yeah, Diggs is having an unbelievable season. Uh, he had a great week again here. But I'm going to talk about Tyree Kill, and I want to talk about Tyreek because two things one he put up 23.7 fantasy points 
with zero touchdowns, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, he had 15 targets, 12 receptions for 177 yards. And we are looking at a possible Jalen Waddle injury. Uh, he was a little banged up in that game, did exit for a bit. Uh, and we just kind of follow the news a little bit and follow the practices to see what's going to happen here with Waddle. And if Waddle does miss time, then Tyreek is just going to keep stepping into these just unbelievable rapid targets. But 177 yards, zero tutties for 23.7 points. Uh, he's a guy that you can just rely on week in, week out. And he's actually on pace to break the single season record of receiving yards, <laughs> which if he does would be disappointing because that's my boy Calvin Johnson and and that would suck. But at the same time, I've got Tyreek on my on my team. So if he does it, then I'm just going to ride the Tyreek coattails into, into the sunset. But uh, he's he's on pace to hit, I think it's 19... 1987 yards or something like that is just shy of 2000 yards which would break the record um so he's having himself an unbelievable season so far and uh and if you drafted him as a risky draft pick in that uh you know probably somewhere in the middle second round uh if not uh you know depending on how many teams you got in your league there it was a risky pick but it's one that's definitely pounded off so far and with three different quarterbacks which is the wild thing we've had Tua we've had Bridgewater and then we had the whatever is no name <laughs> seventh round draft pick undrafted whatever whatever his name was that was in there for a game and a half um like he's been doing it week in week out and he's a guy that uh is definitely carrying fantasy teams so far and, and I'm definitely glad I made that trade I was I was really him in and hawing about it during the offseason made the trade uh, I did give up quite a bit to get him but so far it's been very beneficial for myself to 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 continue having some success in my, in my leagues. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that I didn't get him in many redrafts. Like I have him on minimal rosters, but he's a guy that's been fantasy relevant for many years. And I think is just going to continue to do the same. So uh, my side of the week is Tyreek Hill. Uh, the dud section was a little bit easier this week. There's a lot of them. So we could talk about this section for, for, for a while, but you want to, you want to share yours, Armand? All right. Um, I put two duds down and they're both in the same team. And um, the the one dud, Melvin Gordon, holy crap, what happened to him? Um, obviously, he's not happy about his um, role in that Denver offense. And either the coaching staff is refusing to play him now, or he was refusing to play himself. Either way, um, I wouldn't be touching Melvin Gordon with a 10-foot pole at this point. And he was a guy that we were hoping – after that Javante Williams injury would be a high um high end guy to own and and be able to to put up some fantasy points. We weren't expecting RB1 by any means, but at least an RB2 for the rest of the season consistently, right? So um to see that just fall down and crater is is wild. The other guy I have listed is Cortland Sutton. Um and I listed him because he had been the only Denver player to be able to actually produce to what we were expecting guys to produce this year in Denver. Um, and uh, now finally the realities hit and Sutton was not very good this week. And hopefully it was just a one-off, but with that Denver offense, the way it's been going, it is going to be hard to trust Sutton for this coming week and if he has another dud it'll be really hard to trust him for the rest of the year right yeah i forgot to mention the the russ uh, hamstring tweak there to whatever we don't know what that's going to look like yet it happened monday night we're recording tuesday 
so we don't know what that's gonna look like but it's uh it's not not a good not a good situation for Denver from bad to worse so we'll have to continue to monitor that but yeah I, I think you said it best there Armin those those Denver pieces I, I don't know if there's a more disappointing draft pick than those De- that Denver offense obviously oh. the high draft capital he's no fault of his own he got injured that sucks Russ was highly drafted and hyped up Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, they were like fifth round, sixth round draft picks, if not fourth rounds at some point, Cortland. Like it, it's yeah. incredibly disappointing. And the more disappointing part is the fact we have to keep watching them in primetime football. It's just <laughs> oh, it's just it's just brutal, is what it is. Clearly the NFL wanted uh people to be watching them and yeah, people are and they're start flexing them out. They've been brutal. Yeah. Talking about brutal, uh, my stud of the week or dud of the week, sorry, not stud of the week. Uh, this one's been very frustrating uh, because I think he's incredibly talented and he has been very, very fantasy relevant for many years. But I don't know if it's because of the absence of Hopkins or what it is, but he is my QB one on my dynasty team and single handedly making my my matchups more closer than I want them to be. And it's Kyler Murray. It's so frustrating owning him because he is one of the most mobile, quick and just shifty quarterbacks in the NFL. And he finally did it. He rushed 10 times for hundred yards and still only got 6.88 points. Like the, like that is just mind blowing. If you told me a, a fantasy quarterback was going to get you a hundred rushing yards, you're just like, Oh man, like this is a slam dunk week. Like I'm going to win this week, mm-hmm. but he had 37 attempts, completed 23 of them for 222 yards, zero touchdowns, rushed hundred yards, zero touchdowns. One interception, one fumble lost, and another fumble on top of that. And I think he was sacked like seven times. 6.88 points when you rush 100 yards. Are you kidding me? That is so bad, so frustrating. I just, I don't know what to do with him. You can't really trade him because you're going to trade him at his basement. But it is so frustrating. So, so frustrating. So, that of the week. Freaking pissed off. It's brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a guy that you probably drafted too, hoping he'd be a top end QB. Probably drafted him a lot earlier than some of the QBs who are outperforming him, and it would be just maddening to have him on your roster. I am happy I didn't draft him at all this year, but I feel sorry for the guys who have him. That's for sure. And and we talked about this in the preseason, uh, a little bit of the off season type stuff too. We saw him without Hopkins last year. Uh, when he when Hopkins was injured and he struggled, but what does this mean now when Hopkins coming back? Like we talk about it lots. There's you focus so much on the start of the season and the end of the season. We're in that middle part of the season now. We could see that tipping point, and all of a sudden it could be just elite Kyler action coming up. But this the offense is so uncreative. It it just it's it's mind boggling, and I don't know. I, I'm hoping Hopkins can fix this. But if he doesn't, you're in trouble because you're not getting anything for him. He doesn't care. Well, he cares a little bit of name value in comparison to some of the other names. But like right now, Kyler Murray or Jared Goff, I'm starting Jared Goff. Kyler Murray or, well, Russell Wilson, that's an easy one. Um, <laughs> Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, I think I'm still starting Kyler. Kyler Murray or Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, uh, still probably going to go Kyler. But like, it's it's it honestly it's just it's there's there's not many words you can talk about because how like how do you get six points on 100 rushing yards it just 
Arizona, man, it's 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 frustrating. Watching yeah. that team play football is frustrating. And it's gonna be a Thursday <laughs> nighter. They're gonna be in prime time with Hopkins back. So it, we'll, we'll see what they can do. If the trend if the trend <laughs> stays, then, then he's gonna stink. But I uh I have to make a decision because it's either him. I got well, I got Goff, him, and Dak possibly coming back off the injury. So if I don't start him Thursday night, I for sure probably I sure have to play probably golf because I don't know about Dak coming off the injury and they're in the same game. But it's uh oh man, like if I like go Jameson on the other side of the football on Thursday night, I probably do that. Like like New Orleans defense is not terrible; it's actually pretty good. So it's it's gonna be a test. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've ranted enough. Let's get into the weekly pre. Let's get into the weekly prep here. All right. 24 hours after the game, you, you got to move on. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. Teams on bye. Uh, this is a tough one. There's a lot of big fantasy names on bye week this week. We've got the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, Philadelphia Eagles, and Minnesota Vikings. A lot of big names on bye here. So, um, you're going to probably, you're going to be missing on quarterbacks for sure. We got Stafford on by, uh, we got Josh Allen on by, uh, we've got Jalen Hurts on by, and you know what, maybe even, uh, you've been, maybe even playing the old cousins game there and, and Vikings on by. So there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that you need to, uh, to pivot from. And, uh, Armin's going to talk about one that, um, is, is, is in a good ball well, to win. They have to be in a shootout. They're going to have to bounce back after a tough week last week. Um, but maybe we'll talk about, we'll start the week off with your, uh, stream of the week here, Armin. All right. Uh, my stream of the week, sorry about last week, folks with Geno Smith there wasn't awful, but, uh, maybe wasn't what you were hoping when you were streaming him with 12.68 points. Um, but, uh, this week, let's hope to get back on track here. And I'm saying Jimmy G, um, he's playing Kansas city this week and, um, since he's taken over after the Trey Lance injury, um, he's shown to have a pretty good floor. So you're not going to get elite points out of him, but he's a safe bet to stream if uh, you are an Allen owner or a Hertz owner, right? A safe bet for you just to make sure that you're getting points in that position. Um, and you never know, it, it's Kansas City. They're going to be putting up points even against a stout San Francisco defense so jimmy g is gonna have to put up a little bit more than he usually does in order to keep up now like i said not gonna be elite he's not gonna put up a 40 point week for you but this could be the week that jimmy g puts you into like the high 20s well we saw we saw a little bit of struggling uh from san francisco in the run game too uh so you know kansas city (laughs) it's gonna go one of two ways you're gonna have to have a shootout to to keep up with them or you're gonna have to dominate on the ground and kill the clock and, and limit the touches from Mahomes and the way the the run game struggled this past week against Atlanta, maybe they pivot and start airing the ball out more. And we're starting, you know, Ayuk had a real good game. Uh, Kittle bounced back in a big way, and I think he had was it eight receptions or or six receptions for eighty five yards something along those lines. So Kittle's you know looking good, and we got Debo Samuel, who's who's always a weapon. So maybe they maybe they start airing the ball out a little bit, and, and the only beneficiary for airing the ball out to all those weapons is obviously Jimmy G. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that as well too. Um, oh, yeah. I'll start things off with the studs or with the studs. Man, I keep saying studs. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe because this guy is gonna be a stud. Uh, this one we've talked about him several times in the sit portion, so it's been interesting to be able to put him in the starts. 
And by staying put him in the start, I mean go trade for this guy uh, because the remaining schedule, or at least like the next like six to seven weeks of the schedule for Dallas is super juicy for the running backs. So Pollard might be a sneaky, you know, like a little bit cheaper. Uh, Zeke carries a bit of a name. He actually had a really good week this last week. Um, so it might be a difficult. He actually game. looked like his old self this last yeah, week watching he the did. game. And like the Philadelphia defense is a good defense. So the fact he did that against Philadelphia is disheartening because you could have got Zeke for cheap. Now you're going to have to pay up a little bit. I still think you can get him cheap. But I'm going to start Zeke Elliott for sure in this matchup. And, and the same sentiment can be said for Tony Pollard because Detroit Lions are the worst team in football against running backs. And they're one of the, they are the, sorry, they're the worst just period in, in general. They give up the most points and yards in the NFL. But also, I think they're number 30 or 31 or 32. Uh, they're terrible to the running backs. Go look at some of the previous performances, i.e., uh, Ramonde Street, Stevenson, Damian Harris in that, in that game. Uh, you can go back and look at what Rashad Penny did. The, the running backs are incredible. So um, I imagine that Dallas, a team that is still waiting for Dak to come back, is going to want to continuously run the ball. And they've seen the recipe against Detroit being running the ball. I think Zeke is going to have a lot of opportunities. Uh, he's been the goal line back, which means if they get in that area, it's going to be Zeke time. I mean, Tony Pollard can easily snap off a 40-yard touchdown. So you want to start Pollard as well, too. I think that's a safe play. But go trade for Zeke if you can because his stretch is going to be real good. And I think there's a lot of points to be had from Zeke off of a real slow start. So my start of the week and trade for of the week is going to be Ezekiel Elliott running back from the Dallas Cowboys. You want to share yours there, Armin? Yeah, first I just want to talk about my start last week. Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Man, he yeah. looks good. Um, he may not have been super efficient. Um, he was just under five yards per carry, but he ripped off some good long runs, and yep. I am excited to see what he's doing moving forward. Um, I uh, I love him as a prospect. So if you, you got him, continue starting him, keep him going. But uh, my start of the week is Raheem Mostert. He's got Pittsburgh this week. Um, now, Pittsburgh... Um, you usually think of being as a strong defense, but this year against the run, they're a little bit easier of a team to run against. Mostert is still dominating the backfield for the Dolphins, so he is the RB to own there. Um, end of story, that's it. Uh, Edmonds is is completely out of the game. He got like one touch this last week, so this is Mostert's backfield. And he's he's actually what you were talking about with Zeke Elliott having some juicy matchups coming forward here. Mostert just came off a a tougher amount of matchups with New England, Buffalo, Cincinnati, the Jets, who are actually proving to be a good defense this year in Minnesota. Now Mostert's got a nice slate in a row here of Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, and Cleveland, all teams that have been weaker against the run this year. Mostert is a good guy to be starting for the next few weeks here until their bye week. So uh, keep him going on and hope that he doesn't get injured um, because of his injury history and maybe sell him high after a few weeks of good, good weeks from him. Yeah. They're what are they top 10 in fantasy points given up to the running back position. Uh, they're giving up. Well, they're one of the top teams for yards rushing. Uh, they're one of the top teams for receiving yards rushing like it's just not it hasn't been like you said it hasn't been what you would normally seen 
for running backs against uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, and we've already exactly. talked about the Chase Edmonds situation last week too. We went pretty deep into that, so <laughs> there's a a lot of meat on the bone there to be had if you're if you're looking at Raheem Mostert. Um, yeah. Reliable RB two for, for yeah. the recent I, future coming up. I totally agree. Uh, sits of the week. Uh, my sit of the week is going to be Garrett Wilson versus the Denver Broncos. This is this is a tough one because, man, the Jets look good. Like, the Jets look actually really good. Uh, yeah. And the offense is, quote-unquote, semi-clicking. The, the passing was a little bit diff- difficult against Green Bay. Uh, Bruce Hall looked real good. And we've seen some big production from the, the young wide receiver. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to talk about in this one. That's Garrett Wilson, uh, rookie wide receiver for the uh, for the New York Jets. And I'm sitting him because I perceive him as the wide receiver one for the Jets. Now, in this matchup, we're talking about Zach Wilson. Uh, he's He, for some reason, has this really weird connection with Corey Davis. And we've seen it last year and this year. That's kind of been his number one target. And he goes to him quite often. But I still perceive Garrett Wilson as the number one in the offense and Denver's defense and uh, Patrick Sertain is unbelievable. He has been sneaky good this entire season. And if you look at the stats for Patrick Sertain, he has shut down every single team's number one wide receiver, including this past week was Mike Williams. He had him on lock on that Monday night football game. So if you go back and watch some Patrick Sertain, he is very, very good. And he shuts down number one wide receivers and in an offense that already is kind of sketchy moving the ball in comparison to other teams. And I think this is going to be a difficult start for him. He's had, I think it's two bad weeks in a row now. I'm just going to pull up the numbers in front of me here, but uh, this past week was, was, was not great uh, playing against green Bay, even though they won uh, the numbers were, were not great for Garrett Wilson. Uh, And I don't, I don't see that getting any better against uh, Denver and an incredible corner. So, Garrett Wilson is going to be my sit of the week uh, for this upcoming week uh, against the Denver Broncos. Want to share yours here, Armin? Because I think we've had a, a few discussions. I think there's going to be a good discussion we had on this one. Yeah. So uh, my sit of the week is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, he's been in a downward trend ever since week four. Where he, Week four, he had a good week, and now five and six have been bad for him. And San Fran is, according to Yahoo, the 31st worst um, defense to play against on the run for running backs. So it is a bad matchup for running backs. And you got this three-headed committee, and they're not actually that great at running the ball. It's it's pretty hard to trust CEH here. And... Uh, Maybe McCaffrey is actually in that backfield by the time this game is played. Who knows? Yeah, the man, you should have traded him high. We been we we talked about that. Was it three weeks ago? Trade him, trade him, trade him. It was yeah. gonna come down. He was so touchdown dependent, and it's a three headed monster. Like it's just, um, yeah. trying to look at it here. I think I still think he is like top thirty in fantasy points so far. <laughs> yeah, um, like it's. Uh, he's a 35th uh, in our hey, – You might be able to sneak him out there and a guy not necessarily paying attention to the trends might just see the points and be like, oh, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah, package him up and still – like you're not going to get the premium value you could have two weeks ago. But if you can package him up and send him away, like, yeah, he's still going to have those boom weeks because 
that's kind of what that offense has been doing. Like it's one week Pacheco is the highest toucher. And then the next week it's Clyde Zolaire. And then the next week it's um, McKinnon. Uh, yeah. It's Jarek McKinnon. So it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And, and it seems to be working obviously for them. Um, and then it kind of seems like whoever gets the most touches doesn't get the red zone work. Like it's, it's very bizarre <laughs> how it's been working. Um, so you would, and San Francisco's a very good defense this last weekend. I mean, they're, they're pretty banged up right now. So you saw what Atlanta was able to do them, but they're, they are a good defense. They've been very good this season. I don't know if they're going to bounce back, you know, based on injury wise and stuff like that, what can happen. But, um, I would, I would have obviously been trying to move on from him earlier on, but now it's going to be a little bit difficult. So you're hoping to have a bounce back week and you can sell him, but the, he's gonna, the cards going to be sacked up against him this upcoming week. And, and it's tough because you can't rely on any of the three really like Derek McKinnon, I guess in a pinch, you can throw him in Pacheco. I haven't seen enough from him to confidently put him in my lineup. I, I'd rather start McKinnon in, in that sense, but not confidently either. Right. So, um, <laughs> And who knows? Maybe uh, Saquon, maybe or sorry, uh, maybe uh, Christian McCaffrey ends up there, and this is a mute point, right, Armand? Yeah. Well, in that <laughs> case, then sit him, cut him, kick him to the curb. Yeah. Um. Let, let's wrap this one up, I guess, with some Wellesley's wagers. Uh, Lucas is on holidays here, so I'm gonna be doing this one, but I'll play the clip and we'll get things going. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Woo! Woo! might actually be my favorite uh segment like just just the intro on that one is pretty <laughs> like, um so like i said lucas is on holidays this week so he uh he sent these in to me and i'm gonna go over them real quick for you post them up on socials as per usual uh but he had a bit of a tough week this last one it was a weird, like we talked about, it was a, kind of a weird week and lots of upsets and, and weird scores and stuff like that. So one for four on the Thursday and one for four on the Sunday. So two for eight on the week, putting them at exactly 50%, 15 for 30. So I've been on a cold streak here. So we're going to try and bounce back and, and see if we can hit. And uh, as per usual, he's got some Thursday night picks and then we got uh, a handful of Sundays. So the Thursday one, we got Arizona versus uh, New Orleans. And he's going to take the Arizona money line at uh, minus 120. Obviously, the, the Hopkins return, hopefully that's going to help him out too. Uh, but he is taking the under a 44.5, under at minus 110. And then a couple uh, anytime TDs. He's got Kamara anytime TD and James Conner anytime TD. Now, the Conner one, obviously, is TBD. You're going to want to make that one right before game time because he's still battling a little bit of an injury. Uh, to see if he comes back or not to put that one down. But uh, James Conner, anytime TD, and uh, Kamar, anytime TD. So that's his Thursday bets. And then coming in on Sunday, we got uh, the Giants, who are, again, at plus plus odds, even though they continue to win week in, week out. So he's taking the Giants at plus 145. Uh, same with the Jets. They keep deciding to win, so we're putting our money on New York right now. <laughs> plus 105, so he's putting some money on the Jets as well. And then we got Chiefs money line uh, becoming bouncing back after a, a tough last second loss at minus 160. Then he's going to take the Miami Pittsburgh under at 44.5 at minus 110. And then he's got a sneaky one too. He said if Dak is still out, he wants to take this bet at plus 265. So really good odds. He's going to take Detroit Lions money line at plus 265 against Dallas. And that that one. I mean, Dallas on like they've been playing very, very well. 
uh, and they've been beating some pretty good teams. And they gave uh, Philadelphia a really good team, a, a pretty good run there on the Sunday night football game. Uh, but Detroit coming off the bye, we'll see what's going to happen here. If everybody's got healthy and maybe they start Dak and Dak's a little injured and doesn't go well, who knows? And maybe the Detroit figured things out in the bye week for the defense. I'm not holding my breath for that in any stretch. <laughs> but plus 235 odds is pretty juicy. I'll, I'll tell you confidently, I'm going to play place that bet regardless just because that's a nice little payout and, and I can keep cheering for my team. But it's a, it's a sneaky one. Talk, talking about bets here too, I – I was watching the Monday nighter and I actually had rec hockey last night. So I was just getting ready to head to rec hockey and the game goes to halftime and I'm thinking, Hey, chargers are losing. I wonder if they're giving me chargers plus plus money. Chargers were like plus plus one thirty for comeback money line. Put a pretty little good wager on there. And that one cashed out by clenching my teeth in overtime, but still may, making money. So no, nice. no complaints there. Uh-huh. Any, anything you want to maybe share here, Armour, before we wrap things up? Obviously, it's just the two of us. We're, we're down a couple guys this week. But anything you want to add before we uh, wrap this up and head into week number seven? You know, let's uh, keep making sound decisions. Don't uh, do any knee-jerk reactions. And this is a time to start looking for those halfway breakout candidates halfway through the season, those rookies or sophomores that, that are going to start breaking out here hopefully soon and keep an eye out for them and see if, uh, see if you can pick some up off the waiver wire for free. Like uh, for example, Trey Thornton had a good week last week, his first uh, game and he might still be available. Take a look at him. Maybe if you have a guy to drop, you can pick him up. Zay Jones is still available in a lot of leagues. Maybe take a flyer on him because he is actually leading the Jaguars in receiving yards. As weird as that sounds, yeah. I'm I'm 0-6 in one league. It sounds terrible to say that. Some real bad beats, like real bad beats. It's just been tough. Uh, but I'm not giving up, man. 0-6, I can make playoffs at what is the 7-6 and six or 8-6. and six, I can make playoffs that. Okay. And just sneak you never in. know. I was sitting at, uh, what was it, 1-4 and four in our one yeah. league there. Yep. And now I'm out of the basement, and it's it's looking good. I moved actually all the way from tenth to eighth or seventh, I think, this week. So no playoff spot. That's all I got to do is make the playoffs. So I'm not. Yeah. I could be blowing things up, and this one sucks because if if it was a redraft league, I could blow it up and get tons of picks and stuff. But it's just, or uh, I'm sorry, I keep league on a redraft. But this one's a redraft, so it's a little bit tougher. You got to just try and grind and grind and grind. I made a trade. I I dealt away Cream Hunt for James Robinson. Going to try and maybe get some points there and get some free agent pickups and see what I can do. The, the one thing I was, was struggling, I had Russell Wilson as my quarterback in the double in a two QB league. So now I can finally go pick up a quarterback. That's going to get me some points and maybe we're going to be coming <laughs> back here. So like I said, don't give up. Like Armin said, don't make any rash decisions. Keep grinding. Lots of fantasy season left. You can easily finish a season six and oh, uh, after an 0 and six start, it's just as likely. So keep, keep grinding and, and we'll get you the, we'll get you the playoff bounds for sure. Um, that'll do it on behalf of uh, Zach and, and, and the Lucas that were unable to be here this week and myself and, and Armin as well as 22 Fresh our major sponsor of the season thank you very much for listening to uh, the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast and good luck in your week 7 matchups everybody take care and let's talk soon see ya